0: Welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. The Mind for Life podcast. Where your thinking can change your life. And now, here's your host, Jeff Bogazic. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Jeff Bogazic and I will be your host here where again we discuss all things related to how we think and what that has to do with how we live and how we find fulfillment and happiness in our lives Today, we're going to continue where we left off a couple of weeks ago and talk some more about digital technologies and what has been called the information economy. And I think this is an incredible uh, topic and it's an, an important topic for reasons that I'm going to get into in a few minutes. But before we begin, I would like to let you know about a couple of resources that we have available for you. On our website, mindforlife.org, first of all, we have a free listening program that will help you to develop greater listening and attending skills. Have you ever had the chance to talk with someone and you knew they weren't listening to you, but were only interested in talking about themselves? Let me ask you this. When you've been in that situation, and we all have, what did you think about that person? If you're like most people, you probably thought that I didn't like that person a lot. Maybe you thought that person was a bit of a jerk or they were arrogant or something like that. Maybe they were. Or maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't a jerk but they just didn't have good listening skills. And in conversations, when you don't have good listening skills, you default to just talking about yourself. Well, guess what? Nobody likes that person. And our program can help you at least to begin to not be that person, to learn how to listen to other people, to learn how to pay attention to what they're saying to ask relevant questions that give value to other people. And in reality, guess what? To help other people like you more. When someone really listens to what we're saying, when we're in a conversation and someone really listens to us, we tend to like that person better. We tend to think more highly of that person. And guess what? You can be more like that. You can increase your social influence and really learn about people better. And our program is a great start, a great beginning on that journey. So visit our website, mindforlife.org, mindforlife.org, and sign up for this free resource and get started on the journey of becoming a better listener. Also, before we get started today, I want to mention our sponsor. It is Bluehost.com. Bluehost is a web hosting service, and after having tried out and used other web hosting services, I have found Bluehost to be the most user-friendly and to be a really great product. They've got great technical support. Uh, The user interface is extremely easy. We host our website, mindforlife.org, on Bluehost. And so if you're interested in starting a website or a blog or a podcast, uh, Bluehost is a great company, and I would recommend that you take a look and check them out. They've got great prices, and you can visit our website, mindforlife.org, and there is a link right at the top for you to click over and check out bluehost.com. So on to our topic for today, the information economy. If you're not aware already, information is really big business. In fact, information is what Google and Facebook and many other companies are based upon and how they make their profits. I want you to think about Google with me for a minute. What do they do? They collect information. On what people are really interested in. How? By consolidating all of the information that people are searching for when they go online. So Google knows on a mass scale what people want. They have analytics that can determine. What people are searching for at particular times, what people are interested in, what people are thinking about at particular times, and what you as an individual want and are interested in and are thinking about at particular times. How do they do this? They track you. They track me. They know what websites you visit when you're online. They know what you email other people about and what other people are emailing you about if you use Gmail. They know what you are looking for when you search online. They know what products you buy or what products you are interested in by uh, tracking what you research They know what you want to buy. They know what you need to buy. They know your browser history. They know what articles you are reading. They know what blogs you're visiting. They know whether you like one particular company over another particular company. They know your preferences for groceries. They know your preferences for brands, for clothing, for what you eat, for what you drink, for what you wear. They know what you don't like. They know what you like. They know what you want. They know what you don't want. And they know a whole lot more. They know this because we have entered into an agreement with them. They provide us with a service, an encyclopedia, a search engine that will give us access to whatever we want to know when we're searching the internet. In exchange, we give them the information about our lives. We give them the information about what questions we have, what interests we have, what we're looking for whenever we search online. We give it to them freely and they in turn do what? They take that information and they use it back against us. They give it to brands who then target us with ads to buy their products. And guess what? They even know when we're feeling depressed, when we're feeling down, when we're feeling joyful or happy or disgusted or upset. How do they know this? Because we tell them. We tell companies like Facebook by making posts. And by reading articles and searching for things like how to handle depression, how to uh, deal with things when we are upset, and in many other ways, they know our emotional states. We might think, oh, well, they don't know that. You know, our friends can barely tell that. But when we post, not feeling down, not feeling good today, feeling up, it's a great day. All of those things are clues for Facebook or for Google or for uh, some of these other companies about the state of our emotions and how we're feeling. Uh, As an example, there was a recent leak from an internal Facebook memo that detailed how Facebook used information to target advertising campaigns aimed at exploiting Facebook users' emotional states even targeting users as young as 14 years old. Let me read from the article, uh, and I will post the link to the article in the show notes. Facebook's algorithms can determine and allow advertisers to pinpoint moments when young people need a confidence boost. Facebook can estimate, based on how people use their service, emotional states such as worthlessness, insecurity, anxiety, feeling stupid or overwhelmed or stressed or feeling like a failure or feeling defeated, they can then find these people and target them with ads for products. That's disturbing. Facebook has responded to that allegation by stating that there are no tools that target people based upon their emotional states. But really, can we really believe them when they tell us that, that they are not using that information against us? Is a billion-dollar company something that we can trust when it comes to exploiting its users to make a buck when that's what it was set up to do in the first place? There's another side to this, and that is the pressure from stockholders. Public companies like Facebook, Google, and others have a pressure from investors to do what? To increase the value of the company. How do they do that? They do that by increasing profits. We buy stocks in Facebook, in Google, in other companies for what? For those stocks to increase so that we get a return upon our investment. And that pressure from stockholders to, uh, towards the company for them to make money and increase the value of the stock uh, can be incredibly great, especially when it comes to finding new ways to generate revenue. If you've never watched the documentary uh, on Enron, called The Smartest Guys in the Room. I I would encourage you to watch that. And I'm not saying what these companies are doing today compare with what Enron did when Enron was trading contracts on energy and manipulating markets to prop up their own stock price. But there's a similarity, uh, I believe, in the ethics of organizations when it comes to generating profits and making money and having the stock and the company increase in value. Facebook and Google and other um, social companies are not manipulating energy contracts. Rather, they are selling us. They are selling our likes, our desires, our wants, our needs, and even our emotional states to the highest bidder. And they've got no problem In doing it, not only do they know everything about us, but they're also trying to find ways to best target us and persuade us to buy stuff. Knowing the information about us that they do, with that, they can predict when we are more likely to buy a product. They know how much research we do before we make a decision on purchasing something. They know what time of year when people buy specific products. Uh, They even know what time of day when people buy products by knowing our emotions and knowing When we are in uh, desirable emotional states that lend us to purchasing things, they can use that to target us Uh, when we are more vulnerable to sales pitches. And here's where all of this starts to get a little bit more uncomfortable because it's one thing when we're talking about buying products and companies selling us products and things like that. But when we talk about governments and politicians having access to this information to persuade us so that they can gain power and enact policy, now that is starting to get a little bit more uncomfortable. We know that in recent elections, uh, the Obama administration and the Trump campaigns relied heavily on social analytics to mobilize their base support and to persuade voters who might be on the fence. Uh, We've recently heard that the Russians attempted to influence our election through social persuasion, not by hacking into the voting machines or changing votes or anything, but by using social capital— through social media sites to persuade voters in particular directions. And let me say something on this particularly. Are we really foolish enough to believe that this is the only instance of this happening in our history? Are we foolish enough to believe that the Russians didn't try to intervene in the Obama election or even in the Reagan election or in the Carter elections? I think you could find proof that foreign entities have been trying to influence our elections going back to the time of George Washington. Really, that's what foreign entities do. They try to influence elections that are the most beneficial for their country. And can anyone really say that the United States doesn't do this as well? Do we really believe that the U.S. did nothing to try and influence the Russian election when Putin was up for election or any other election around the world in ways that would be most beneficial to this country, to the United States? This is what nations do. And we shouldn't be foolish enough to think that other nations don't do it to us. And we shouldn't be foolish enough or naive enough to think we are innocent and we don't do it to other nations as well. The hearings on Russia are complete hypocrisy. Because all of those senators and representatives know full well that the U.S. does that exact thing to try to influence other elections and to get elections that we would say would be more democratic. Right? They do the same thing. And guess what? We've been doing it longer and we've been doing it better than most other nations because of our technology and our technological advancements. Anyway, back to the topic. If politicians and governments can use this information to manipulate us And gain power and control policy that can have huge implications for the future of our country and for the future of the world and for our own future as well. I recently listened to an interview with Julian Assange talking about how artificial intelligence will be used to persuade us for political gain. In the future, by doing what? By conditioning us to think in particular ways, several steps ahead of our own conscious awareness. See, these companies have access to information about how and why and when we make decisions. And they can take that information and use it in a predictive way to try to determine the ways in which and predict which ways that people will begin to make decisions. And then they can go back and start to condition us several steps before in particular ways. By doing what? By giving us Uh, information about specific things that might be conditioned in a particular way by putting out articles about things, by generating quote unquote fake news or articles that are, uh, you might say, agenda driven to in order to condition us when things that are going to come up for votes or things that are going to come up that we will have to make decisions on in the future, that we might then be more apt or more inclined to make a decision based upon on the ways that they have set that information up in advance. And guess what? We're not even aware of it. Why? Because we don't even know the decision is coming, but the analytics allow them the power to persuade us. And this is what uh, Julian Assange was talking about. And so I highly recommend that you go and you watch that uh, video on artificial intelligence and, uh, and persuasion. There is an increasing number of people, very smart people, whom we might call the Neo Luddites, who are skeptical and concerned about the direction of technology. And that's something uh, that we're going to talk about next week. So thanks for listening. This has been the Mind for Life podcast. The transcript for this episode is available on our website, mindforlife.org. If you're online, be careful. But if you're online, give us a visit. Uh, We have some other resources on our website as well. I just wrote some blog posts on positive thinking, and one is going to be coming out about how to increase your creativity. So check that out. Uh, Don't forget also the free listening communication skills course that's available to you on mindforlife.org. If you would help us out, Recommend our podcast and our blog to your friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends on social media. The links are right under the player on the page. You can do that also. If you're listening through iTunes, please give us a review. That helps out a ton. Tell us what you think. And again, you can sign up for our email list on mindforlife.org. So thanks again. Let me leave you with a final thought for the week. Maybe. Begin to think about what information you're giving up about yourself when you're online and how you're telling these companies some of the ways and some of the most intimate details about your life and how they can target you. And maybe be a little bit more careful or at least be aware of what you're doing when you do it. That doesn't mean don't go online or don't use Facebook or Instagram or whatever, but rather start to be a little bit more mindful about what's going on when you do. Have a great week.